All right. We are back with another episode of Lost in the Shuffle. Got a special guest today, guys. We got Joey Kuna. What's up, Joey? What's going on, man? I appreciate you having me on, man. No problem, Joey. I got your last name right, right? Yeah, it's Cunha. Yeah, so it's uh, silent. I always tell people silent H out of Y. Cunha. It's Portuguese, man. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Portuguese. All right, Joey Cunha. So appreciate you stopping by, uh, you know, talking some some baseball. We are a, you know, sports brand, uh, specifically very heavily invested in baseball. So I came across your TikToks and some of like your social media stuff. Seem like a cool guy. You're out, you're out of Vegas, right? Yeah, born and raised, uh, born and raised out here in Vegas. Um, moved away for about uh, ten years when I went away for college and you know business and uh, schools. Hopped around from a couple different schools for a little bit, um, and then uh, yeah, just me- recently made my way back to Vegas uh, here at the beginning of COVID. Okay, so for people that don't know, um, Joey Cunha is the CEO of the Farm System. So Joey, let everybody know what is the Farm System. Yeah, no, yeah. Thanks for the question. Um, yeah, so uh, Farm System originally started as just a uh, smaller podcast, and we you know it's just me and uh, my co-founder at the time, uh, Bo, was just kind of like you know we played together in college, and he was like, hey, like I think we should start a podcast. I think some people would listen to us. Um, and it started kind of with that. I was assistant uh, baseball coach, uh, high school baseball coach at the time, um, and so uh, we just started putting out just baseball information, drills, things we've learned over the years. Uh, some infield stuff, some outfield stuff, catching, pitching, all these other stuff. We started kind of go around, um, you know, kind of this more holistic side of just like putting out information about baseball. Um, you know, we then uh, I actually then at that point was shadowing uh, was shadowing uh, Donnie Ecker, who's now with the Rangers. He's uh, one of their um, he's their bench coach slash uh, hitting uh, offensive coordinator is actually the first role that's been created inside of baseball. It's pretty cool what he's done. But in any case, he was with the B's, the Salt Lake B's, the A's at, uh, with the Angels at the time. And so I started shadowing him. And then not shortly, uh, not too long after that, I got hired on as the hitting director over at 108 Performance out in California. And mm-hmm. so during this time, Farm System, we just kept, you know, kept doing it, kept putting out podcasts, kept having on guests. Uh, you know, again, we started uh, advertising on social media for all these different brands. Uh, when it came into the tech side of things, uh, One Way Performance was known as uh, one of the top like hitting facilities in the nation. And with me being the hitting director um, and with the mentorship of Eugene Bleeker at the time, who had made, you know, big waves inside the space, um, you know, we started putting out a lot of content, came out with, uh, uh, then we ended up coming out with the training product, which is our farm boards that you see quite a bit. It's like these, uh, they look like uh, black mats that are under people, uh, underneath people's feet. Now like used by almost every uh, MLB organization, um, and then also like a hundred plus colleges now. So that's, that's starting to spread pretty good now in the last couple of years. Um, and then we came out with courses and, um, you know, again, now we also, and then I ended up coming back to Vegas. Uh, we opened up a facility out here in Vegas. Um, and then now, so we train a whole bunch of guys in here. And then we, uh, we, I think we've consulted, um, right around for about half MLB, you know, half the MLB at one point. Again, we've done something for them in the sense of hitting some, in some category, so, um, yeah, so I actually just came back from uh, spring training last week and got to meet with uh, quite a few uh, teams. So that was pretty, pretty fun time. I like this time of year. Yeah, I saw you were out there with a lot of players getting some good video content and stuff. Um, but as far as the farm system, like who's your who's your target audience? I mean, are you guys mostly looking for like younger players? You obviously do MLB consulting. So are you strictly, um, you know, kind of with the big boys or what does your clientele look like? 
Yeah, no, um, we've, we've kind of really been uh, blessed in that same way. Like for sure. We definitely, we do age groups. Uh, we have nine-year-olds that train with us all the way up to big leaguers. So we train everything um, in between. Um, and then also, you know, like with that uh, target audience uh, when it comes to two farm is we actually came out with a uh, docu-series this last year uh, when they actually hit all these different levels as well. So we went uh, 30, like 30 different parties. We went from like youth, high school, uh, we went all the way up to, you know, high school. Uh, we went up to junior college, division one, division two, II, division three, division one softball, uh, junior, uh, junior college, uh, NAIA, pro, um, businesses in the space, and also to um, training facilities. So we went through every different level. We interviewed 30 plus parties actually was like 50 or 60 different people that were actually in uh, the documentary itself. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we, when we come to that, it's like, we hit a lot of different uh, uh, niches of people, but if anything, it's just like people that want to learn about baseball from the training side are, um, I guess you would say slogan is, you know, your home for player development. Because mm-hmm. we really, with where the company is going in that direction, uh, just educating a lot of people um, on these things. I always want to connect. I always wanted to connect. I didn't grow up with um, a lot of money or resources or any of those things. Right. So when I, you know, when we had the vision kind of for farm system is like, I wanted to connect. There was this massive gap between experts and like novices or people that are just getting into the sport. Like maybe, you know, like volunteers, probably like you and I had, right. It's like, you're an accountant right. in the day or you're the history teacher. And then you come out and coach, you know, baseball, right. Well, yeah, like might've made played some college ball or something. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Maybe. And again, maybe again, I've had plenty of coaches that never played past high school or didn't even play high school or things like that. Right. And everybody's just doing their best to get us information. And uh, I saw, you know, as I learned all this information, there was, so many things that were being taught at the youth level that were just leading people astray. And then we have to fix when they get older. And so I was like, man, like I want to close that gap in between, you know, that expert and then, you know, someone that's a volunteer in the game and, you know, get those as close as possible. And how do we get that information from one to the other? And so, you know, when I was younger, you know, I didn't have, um, I, I actually found an academy uh, when I was a sophomore in high school and my family didn't have a lot of money. Um, I went in there and I got one lesson from uh, Mike Easler, uh, the hitman. I don't know if you remember him back in the day, but he played uh, like 17 years in the big leagues. Like if you could think about him, like as a modern day player, he'd have been someone like Prince Fielder or something like that, like a dangerous guy that hit a lot of home runs, but he played for Boston for many years. And then also too, uh, went on to be a uh, hitting coach for, I think like 15 years in the big leagues, um, you know, had, had um, uh, Albert Pujols, like his rookie season had uh um, he also had uh, Matt Kemp in Double A, and then he was like Mo Vaughn's like main main guy at, in Boston. And Man, so, anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we used to have uh, I used to be at the academy. So I went there. We did one lesson, and I'm like, dude, I can't afford to do this again. And I realized how much I need this. And so um, I just went to the owner and I'm like, hey, man, um, Andy Concepcion at the time, who's actually a local high school baseball coach here in Vegas, and that's still. And uh, I just said, hey, man, like, I'll catch all of your lessons. I'll clean the bathrooms. I'll do whatever I can do. Just let me hang out, you know. Um, and so I did that. I really, again, I cleaned bathrooms. I caught every bullpen they had. I did all those things, ran summer camps for them. Um, and then again, Mike had, you know, Frank Thomas and Conseco and these guys constantly coming in. And I got to spend a lot of time with Conseco and uh, you know, learning, he talked about hitting so different than anybody had ever talked about hitting in my life. You Good know? or and bad. So, yeah. It's just a very different perspective on how to hit. And obviously he's a different guy in general, but right. um, yeah, it was just a, uh, it was just, you know, again, kind of coming up through that uh, landscape is I, I just had these old school roots and then I learned all these, uh, you know, again, with tech and all the advancements there and how open I was to 
learning new information and wanting to know information, um, you know, again, and, and, and again, especially linking up at 108 performance out in California, like that skyrocketed my career probably 10 years just by the information gap that I learned from how many things I was teaching wrong and how many hitters, like things I was wrong about. Um, and so, um, yeah, that was a big piece. And so that was like really the vision for farm and it continues to be as we continue to grow is, you know, connecting, um, connecting that expert level kind of with these volunteers and how do we get them this information, um, and really close that gap. So how long have you guys been around for the, the company? When was this founded? Yeah. So we are now our, I think we just passed our fourth anniversary, our fourth year. So, uh, yeah, we're almost we're almost past uh, one of the biggest stats. I always tell the guys is like, "Hey, ninety uh, percent of small businesses fail within the first five years." We're almost past the first, you know, five years. I will get past the first ninety percent, and I'll feel good. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're making that thing. We're about four years in, though. Yeah. Beautiful. So, in regards to the last four years, obviously, you know, I've I'm start I've started this brand. I'm trying to grow, and there's a lot of you know hurdles, especially when you're doing things by yourself. But then there's also a lot of great things, you know, things that get me excited or you know, just that kind of keep you going. So what is like your biggest milestone that you guys have had thus far? Yeah. I mean, um, I think it was kind of crazy. Even this last week when I was in spring training, um, I think when you're working and you're in that, you're in the pit, right? You're grinding, you're right. You're like, you're, you're in there with players and we're putting out content. We're putting out content. We're doing all these things. We're putting things out and you can feel like nothing's moving. Right. And for me, like, again, like, um, when I'm like, again, I'm my, like spiritually, like we, me with God, like that's a big motivator for me of like how I want to treat people. And like also to what keeps me refreshed in my cup filled every day. So that's mm -hmm. like a big thing uh, for me there. And so one of the things is like, that keeps me motivated kind of on a daily basis of like, you know, how I want to, um, you know, serve and how, again, refreshing me of like, why I do what I do. Um, and then also like your I think, purpose, right. Fulfilling your purpose. Yeah. And, and feeling like this is exactly what I was built to do. This mm -hmm. is like exactly every moment early in my life set me up to be, to do what I do now. And mm -hmm. so that was, that was so big. And, and I think the biggest like milestone, probably it's so funny you asked that is probably last week when I was in spring training is uh, when I was at spring training, I was with an organization. Uh, I was meeting with a, um, a farm director for a particular organization. And, um, I didn't think that he knew I was. And so I was just like, Oh, Hey, like we were supposed to interview together, you know, like two years ago. And he's like, Oh no, no. Like I know who you are. Like, blah, blah, blah. and we started having this conversation. I'm like, all right, you know, cool. Like I know a lot of, uh, you know, farm directors and hidden coordinators. And like, it was actually a cool thing knowing when I went out there this year, I was looking at the roster of, um, every team that's going to be, um, in spring training in Arizona this year. And every team, I think, except for one, I knew the hitting coordinator or somebody in the major league staff on that team. And so that's why I went out there for three days and I connected with like seven organizations. Mm -hmm. And so um, the the breakthrough kind of there for me was when we left the room after meeting that farm director, um, just an offhand remark by uh, this um, one of the uh, hitting directors was just like, he just said, oh, yeah, like we talked about you quite a bit um, when we are going to hire uh, you know, a big league hitting coach this last off season, like you were on our top 20 list. And I was like, Oh, like, like, Oh, like, you know, like, like that was over, like, again, not something I didn't know I applied for that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And even with that, a lot of times in those, uh, for roles like that, they already have somebody in mind of, you know, who they're going to grab and who would be their most, you know, okay. Hey, who do we think fits this role the most? And who do we want to go and like headhunt 
you know, to go grab these roles. And um, I was probably number 20 and probably would have done a terrible job. But, you know, it's always great to be considered, you know, again, for these roles, especially like at my age uh, to, to do those and some of the things that we've been able uh, to do as a, as a company in that, that, that you know, short term and time, um, short period of time. So I think that that was uh, really eye opening for me. Um, and just a grateful like moment of just saying like, wow, like it's cool to be, you know, acknowledged in that way. And that, you know, some people think of me that way. So, uh, that's really cool. So yeah. Getting recognition from, um, your peers and being considered yep. for, you know, a highly touted position like that. So that's awesome. I'm, I mean, that just came recently too. So, yeah. you know, for You're the first person like, an exclusive for you, I didn't even, the public doesn't, I've never even talked about that yet. So that there you go. Exclusive. Just heard it here that. first guys. Yeah. I heard it here first. Um, switching gears a little bit. I just want to know, give me one, two bold predictions for the upcoming MLB season. Ooh, bold predictions. It could be someone surprising a division, a breakout player. Yeah. yeah. I, um, just because, uh, we, and, and, um, I guess I would say the first thing is I think that's probably going to happen is, and I'm just a little bit more intermeshed with this. The first thing that came to my mind is, uh, we've done some training with Tommy Pham with the Reds. So, um, just because I've been in that mix and seeing how they're kind of putting their team together and those things, I think that they're going to end up trading Joey Votto and Tommy Pham. Um, I, I would see that happening, not because like, you know, Tommy or Joey would want to move or any of those things, but I just see how they're putting their team together. And it mm -hmm. seems like they're in this like rebuild. Um, and again, like obviously like Votto's worth something to a playoff team right now. Like Pham right. is worth something to a playoff team right now. Um, and those are two bigger names that they can, you know, organizations tend to get rid of those guys late in their career to pick up prospects and to pick up these guys to rebuild their teams. And so I could see the Reds really doing that. And like, you know, again, trading Joey Votto and, you know, fam that late in the year. And again, especially if they're both having good seasons and I saw Votto in spring training and looks pretty good again. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to do pretty good. And uh, fam's made some good adjustments this off season too. So uh, we'll see how he bounces back. Uh, but yeah, I could see them trading uh, those guys late to somebody late in the season. So, you know, I mean, they've dumped their whole team anyway, right? They got Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker. So they've been yep. dumping players already. Yep. They got rid of Castellanos. Like, you got, like again, like that, that, that team could be right now, if they would have kept everybody, could have been really stacked. You know, mm -hmm. like they could have had a nasty team uh, together. So it seems like they were already going that direction. And again, obviously, when you get on the business end of like, you know, how my guys contracts are, can they actually afford all those guys on the team at the same time and all of those things? That's a whole nother story. But uh, yeah, like you said, they've, um, you know, kind of how they put the team together. You can see that really being a possibility that they end up offloading those guys later in the year. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. In regards to young players, in regards to young entrepreneurs, obviously, like you said, you're trying to close the gap with, um, more senior players, younger players. You've obviously started this business yourself. Give me some advice that you would either give young players um, that are trying to kind of refine their game or maybe some uh, young entrepreneurs that are starting a new venture mm -hmm. and kind of feel lost and um, maybe need some encouragement or or some sage yeah. advice from someone who's already in year four. Yeah, no, that you hit on my two passions, baseball and business. Those are my, <laughs> I love, I love baseball and I love business. Um, yeah. So, uh, actually one thing just to give some context here. So I was a, uh, before I came back to baseball, I actually, when I got my last couple years of playing, um, my last couple years of, of playing were just plagued with injuries. Um, you know, again, also 
like setbacks. Like again, for example, like it was like my dream to play division one, right? Like it was my dream. I wanted to play division one. So, uh, so bad. And, um, so many people, again, I was just telling the story a minute ago about, um, being in a dugout when I was younger. Um, and one of my coaches, I came in the dugout, I struck out. Um, I came in the dugout, struck out. I like was very fiery as a player and I took my helmet off. And I think I like tossed it to the, you know, to the thing I was being a bad teammate. And, uh, one of my assistant coaches said something to me and I like fired back, you know, and, um, you know, I, uh, said something about like, you know, uh, me wanting to be a division one baseball player and I can't be having at bats like that. And da, 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 da. And he was like, you're never going to be, a, you're never going to be a division one baseball player. And I was like, <laughs> like, it's just like, no, like I'm going to be the division one baseball player. So, um, when I achieved that and actually signed, uh, when I played at university of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. So I got to sign out like, you know, a mid major, uh, in, in the SWAC, right. HBCU, um, I got to go play for and, um, I got there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to play. And then um, uh, the NCAA came in and hit us with some regulations from our football team, like 150 illegal food plans or something like that. We were back to back to back conference champs. They banned us from playoffs. They cut our scholarships. They did all these things. Right. And again, and so uh, that was like, and then also too, while I was trying to make the team in that time, I ended up tearing my shoulder um, at the time. And I didn't know it was torn. And I was like, you know, trying to make the squad. I was trying to play third base and I was our setup guy. And I was a two-way uh, player. And um, so, you know, in this, right, like my, I think my life, again, like I said, when I grew up, like I didn't have a lot of money. Like I was kind of built on adversity after adversity, after adversity, after adversity, and like overcoming these things and people telling me I couldn't do this and I wouldn't do that. And so that was kind of being my storyline. And then with the injuries and all these things, uh, some of these things were, you know, self-done as well, because I just trained so hard all the time. Like mm-hmm. I, I always was the overworker. I was having recovery wasn't a thing. Yeah. Overuse injuries constantly. I would, you know, I'd be running sprints at two in the morning at parks. Like I could tell you all the, what time the sprinklers came on at any park here locally in in Vegas. Like, you know, like I was that guy, um, even psycho Joey, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I had a crazy, like people had a weird perception of me, uh, when I used to play. Cause it was like, I came off, which I was like, I was a try hard. Like I did everything I could uh, to, you know, get there. I mean, I remember guys going home at 2am in junior college, uh, you know, coming back from a party or something like that. And they're like, dude, did I just see you in the street? Like, I remember text messages. I was like, one of my ex-girlfriends at the time had texted me and she was like, are you, are did you, were you just running like sprints in the street? It's like two in the morning. And I'm like, you know, like I was obsessed with like, with, you know, achieving what I wanted to achieve. And so, um, you know, again, the, the channel that back into, um, you know, baseball is what some people miss within that story is when I was done with baseball, which I still have a year of eligibility in AI, if I ever want to go back and play in your back pocket, season, right? 40, 40 years old, I'm making a comeback. We're going to, you know, document the whole thing. Um, but um, in any case, the um, I got offered the GM position at Planet Fitness um, and I was interning with them at the time for school. I was a sports management exercise science major. And so I got an internship with them and then I ended up becoming a regional manager for them. And then I had, I got promoted again and I was the second most profitable region in, like in the world. I was the regional. Right. Um, and I'm like, man, like I really just, I excelled really quickly. I was the first one in the company to uh, be, a, be a regional. Uh, I was like, I was a regional within like six months of being with the company. Like I skyrocketed through the system. And, um, you know, with that, I just took all of the things I took from sports, right? Like it, it was just transferred to me. It was like, getting a whole group of people to run the same direction was leadership. I, I had been, um, I didn't always start all my teams as team captain, but I had been team mm-hmm. captain on every team, almost every team I've been on in my entire life. 
So it was just like, you know, I, I might've, my first two years, maybe I was young. Okay. My junior, senior year, I'm like captain on the team. Right. So like, um, you know, again, I took a lot of those skills and then brought them over into business. And so, but for those two years that I was the regional at Planet Fitness, I watched zero baseball. I wanted mm. nothing to do with baseball because I was like burnt out. Right. Like I, I, I had trained so hard for, you know, 20 years of my life, right. To be, to be, you know, the play that the play the game. And um, my last couple of years were just like train, 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 never get to play train, 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 never get to play. Right. And so like, I was just like kind of mad at the game and I needed to get away. Um, and then I need to come back. <laughs> and so then, um, then after the two years, um, I actually, you know, made some bigger jumps, um, bigger jumps to get back into uh, baseball and took some real big risks to get back into baseball uh, from doing that, you know? And so um, crazy story, but like, again, like I was supposed to be a director of Planet Fitness, like everything was going really well. Um, you know, I had six facilities, like, you know, uh, multi-million dollar facilities, like, you know, where I'm just keep getting elevated all the way. And um, that same guy, Andy Concepcion, was the, um, was, he moved to Utah and took over a high school baseball team in a year prior. He had texted me and said, Hey man, um, I'm starting a high school team. Could you come be my assistant, uh, assistant coach? And I'm like, dude, high school baseball coaches make nothing. Assistant high school baseball coaches make absolutely nothing. Um, and I'm about to be a director, you know, like over here in planet fitness out in like, uh, Texas at the time. I'm like, you know, there's no way that I'm going to go take this job in Utah. So a year later I hit him up and I'm like, Hey man, (laughs) you remember that job you offered me? Like, I would love, you know, like I would want to take that job and I don't have any money put away. I was young. I was blowing my cash like crazy. Like I was wearing suits every day and like had a Mustang and stayed in this apartment, this nice apartment in Austin, Texas. And all these things that I think were like check marks early in my life that if I do these things, this means I'm successful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, when I came to like the end of myself there and um, really again, like with me, like having a lot of these conversations with God and just being like, Hey, like this isn't fulfilling me. This is, I, I feel like I'm running in circles here, chasing my tail. Um, and so, you know, I prayed about it a ton and, you know, he, he opened some, you know, my eyes to a lot of things and, um, I ended up making that jump. And then I went, uh, went there and I was, again, didn't fire anybody. Cause somebody's probably here right now is man. I was, I was waking up at four in the morning every day, driving Uber, living at his house in his basement, the coach's house in his basement with his family upstairs and all those things. So that, um, traded my Mustang in went to another car so I could drive Uber. I would drive from 4am every day till like 12, eat lunch, get, go get ready for practice, do practice, get the field all done, come back home at like 10 o'clock at night, wake up at four in the morning and do it all again. Mm. And while I was also building farm system at the same time. Right. And so I was just grinding and just, you know, I didn't know where it was going to lead. God said, run this direction. And I had no idea. Like there was no you know, promises of like, okay, if you do this, then this is gonna, it, it was just, Hey, you trust me, like go this way. And so, um, you know, I just started going that, that way and just learning and, um, listening. And then also to applying all dude, those business skills that I learned, if I wouldn't have went to planet fitness and learned all that. And if I wouldn't have been at the Academy when I was younger and learned marketing and like how to run facilities and, you know, just all of that business side, all of that fed into, you know, again, us going into a business and there's been so many people along the way. I think uh, one of the biggest things is like, when you don't, when you don't see, um, you don't see a way like, you know, just cause it seems impossible, all these things like you, God will make a way 
Like God, mm-hmm. he'll open a door that you don't see. Like, you know, he'll, he'll, again, if he tells you to go this way and he tells you to like, he'll open a door that you thought no way that's just like, again, like I, I, and even farm system, right? Like I got offered uh, when I was at 108, I got offered a job uh, by the hitting director with the Cubs at the time um, to come out and run his facility. That's my team. Hey, Hey, I was just out there, man. But no, yeah. Like, so the, so the Cubs at the time, they hired Justin Stone, who's their hitting coordinator. Me and him are really good friends. Oh, he's their hitting director. Sorry. And uh, he's got this new job. I interviewed for the hitting coordinator role. And uh, when I was interviewing with them, um, he circled back a couple weeks later and was like, hey, as the Cubs, we decided that this year I'm going to be the hitting director and the hitting coordinator. And then next year we're going to hire a hitting coordinator. But what I want in the meantime is I want to hire you to be our hitting director at our facility because he has a facility out in Chicago. That's one of the biggest, I think, if not the biggest hitting facility um, in all of uh, in all of the United States, right, at least, mm-hmm. uh, not the world. Um, and he's a massive facility that he has. Um, and so he's like, I want you to be our hitting director and then consult for the Cubs. And then next year, we're going to bring you in as our hitting coordinator. Uh, that would be the succession plan. And I'm like, okay. So, uh, oh yeah. And then also I'm going to double your salary from 108. Right. And I'm like, all right, it's been great over here. It's been fun. You know, I'm, I'm moving forward. Right. So, um, I prepared 108 for like four months for me to leave. Um, and then, um, right as I went to transition COVID hit, bam. Okay. So right back to my story, right? <laughs> adversity, 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 like all these things, injuries, things prone, like prolonging what I thought I was going to have to go do. And so, um, you know, he's like, man, I've been, I'm laying off people that I've had for, you know, 20 years. I've created a role for you. Like you're a right. new role I'll bring into my company. Um, you know, like you know, I just can't bring you on right now. And then 108, I had prepared for four months for me to leave. So now I'm stuck in between both positions and then, you know, everybody on the news is like, Hey, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, right? Like two weeks, everything will be good. Yeah. So then I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go back to Vegas for two weeks where I'm, you know, born and raised. My family's here, my nephews, my niece, right? Like everybody's here. And, uh, then I'll move to Chicago, right? Two weeks from now, a month from now, I'll just move to Chicago. Well, two weeks, three months, six months, yeah. right? Like, you know how that sudden, went. Yeah. yeah. It just keeps going. Right. Um, and so, um, so craziest story, and this is what I mean, and I hope hope this inspires somebody, is that like, you know, what am I to do now, right? Like, pro, uh, Major League Baseball, like, okay, they only have low-level positions that are available. Like, I'd be taking a massive pay cut to, like, go and take one of those roles. And, again, it would be, you know, again, almost like selling yourself for a smaller role. Um, and then also, too, the two facilities that I'd work at, like, I can't go to either one of them right now, right? And then I'm like, all right. So I just, in the meantime, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to train players. Right. So I just started, I was training players here. Um, we started training players uh, remotely, like through zooms like this, like, or like, you know, with the guy one-on-one and we're having this conversation and I'm like, Hey, you know, and giving them correctives. And, um, I got this random message. I got this random message from a guy on Twitter. He had no picture, like 10 followers. And he sends me a DM and he's like, Hey, would you mind training my son? And I'm like, yeah. Like, you know, like it's during COVID. Like I didn't know any money. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll train your kid. Yeah. So, um, I, I start training his son and they're like hitting in a barn and I'm like, Oh, like, what do you do? And he's like, Oh, like, you know, I'm a, uh, sixth generation farmer. You know, I have like, you know, 30 other businesses, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like I grew up in Vegas with a lot of people that, you know, had, you know, status or money, those things like all those things. I'm like, you know, I've trained a lot of players that, you know, parents do a lot of successful things. And so I was like, Oh yeah, cool. 
So, uh, you know, I keep just training this kid, keep training this kid. Um, and then he's like, he's like, Hey, so tell me more about the farm. Let's talk about the farm. And so we started talking more, building this relationship. And he actually offered uh, to be in my investor like three different times. And I was like, Nope, 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 Nope. Like, I don't want anybody inside the business. Like I, I like this part of the business. I like to be able to, you know, I want to run it. I don't want someone telling me, you know, how to run this business and be underneath, like, you know, working for somebody else. Like this is my, right. my hobby. This is my thing, you know? Um, and so finally we built enough of a relationship and I trusted him enough. And then boom, we, you know, let him in as an investor. And then, you know, and then we got the building and then we put out a, a docu-series and we like, we started hiring all these employees and we started, you know, excuse me, we started doing all of these different things. And I'm like, again, another way of being like, when you don't think there's a way, you know, and, there, and it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do is like, God just opened a door and was like, Hey, I know that you haven't seen this. And this is like a hidden door right here that I have for you. And like, open it up. And all of a sudden there was, there's a way. And, um, you know, again, if I wouldn't have done all the things I did in the meantime, or if I needed to see where we were going before I moved, or if I needed to know all those things, like I needed to move, I needed mm -hmm. to take steps. It's, you know, uh, God was at the corner going like, Hey, come this way. I know you can't see, but I need you to trust me. I know you can't well, that's see. That's what faith is, right? Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. The difference between the difference between, you know, me needing to know and walking in faith rather than sight. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was a big thing. So I would, I would say, you know, with that is the biggest message I can give to not only a younger player, right. That doesn't see there's a way, right. Like that, there's no way, like I had, if you would have told me I was going to be a division one baseball player, right. Or again, that even, even when I transferred in was my uh, NAI that I played for Sterling college, they were better than my division one. They would have kicked my division one's butt. Like we, they would have got, we would have got destroyed by them. Right. And we ended up going to the world series. We're fifth in the nation, all these cool things. And I had all these experiences, but like, if you would have told me, I was just thinking about this the other day, I pull into the parking lot, I park my car and I'm looking at the logo on the door and I'm like, man, like, wow. Like, you know, how, how far, far you've come, right? How far, you know, things have come and like how I, that was, I had little pieces of how, you know, I had little pieces of effort and little bits of faith, but like how much God had moved um, and made all these things happen and moved these pieces. And so, uh, yeah, that was like, you know, the bigger, the piece for me is just like, man, just have faith, walk forward in faith, trust that, you know, whatever is going to happen is meant to happen. Sometimes people fail five businesses before their sixth business blows up and do what you're passionate about. You can't, building a business is too hard if you don't love it. Mm -hmm. If you, if you don't love the journey and you're just waiting for destinations and you're waiting for hits and you're waiting for those little moments and you don't love all the moments in between and you don't love the ups and downs and the problem solving and all those things like, it's a tough road. You know, it's, it's, it's a tough road uh, to be able to do that. And so, um, you know, I hope that in that same way, and you know, we're still moving, we're still doing a lot of things. I hope that that continues to as well as like, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't born with a whole bunch of status or money and all these other things. And like, now I'm being considered for MLB organizations, like, you know, head hitting jobs, like it, it's crazy. Uh, you know, again, like I would have never believed that if you would have told me that when I was younger, it was impossible. You know, so well, it's hard to beat someone when someone has passion, right? It's hard to yeah. beat people that are very passionate. And I, I saw a video like that today that you just mentioned is you, you need to love the journey and not the destination because those milestones will begin to just happen when you love something and you're going after something just along the way that will just naturally occur. Yeah, well said. Yeah, and, uh, my uh, friend over with uh, uh, my friend uh, Evan Wise. Uh, he says his last name is wise. Cause he says some wise stuff every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but he says, uh, 
you know, the destination is the disease. The journey is the reward, you know, mm -hmm. and, and when you, when you fall in love with the destination and like, when you're getting there, like, okay, once I get here, I'll be happy. Right. There's that famous, like Adam Sandler skit where he talks about like, okay, like if you go to Paris, right. Like if you're not happy in America and you go to Paris, you're still not going to be happy. Right. And so like, right. you know, understanding that that's like an inside job and again, inside self-love thing that you have to learn how to do. And so, um, you know, again, like, you know, um, I always, you know, talk about this as being like, you know, the business is always growing or what, it doesn't have to be the business. It's whatever you do, right. It's what, whatever your thing is, you put all this time into doing it. Right. And you think that you're building it, but meanwhile, God is using it to build you, mm -hmm. you know? And so I've learned so much awareness and I've grown so much as, as a man and so much as, you know, my faith and all those things from the business. You know, and meanwhile, I'm trying to build the business and it's teaching me all of these lessons, you know, along the way. Um, and I think that's just so important is to fall in love with the day to day and fall in love with the relationships that you're building along the way and fall in love with training your players or having again for you podcast wise. Right. And fall in love with like, you know, talking with your guests and telling stories and, you know, and, 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 and bringing all these things to light. It's like if you can fall in love with that, it's like man, like you're, you're going to be a hard runner, um, you know, and you're going to do some, some really, you know, powerful stuff. Yeah. So Joey, I know obviously you have, um, a good social media presence. This is, um, mm. I found that social media, I mean, I've started to gain a following just from putting out, you know, funny videos. Yeah. Um, so what has social media done for you and your business? How has it changed? Um, and kind of like, what's your approach to, you know, your TikToks, your Instagrams, Twitters, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, asking some good questions. I also like this too, because a lot of times too, I end up, uh, people end up asking me just a whole bunch of just purely baseball questions. And I'm like, man, I love business too. Yeah. Ask me about business. Um, so yeah, so that's cool. Um, yeah, so um, put it this way. If we didn't have social media, I wouldn't have a business. Like mm -hmm. our whole business was built from social media. Like, again, that's the reason it's like back in the day, it was impossible for me to be considered a top level hitting coach, because if you didn't play major league baseball and if you didn't have all these major league experience, then there's no way you can get these jobs. Now you got guys like Rob Van Soyok with the Dodgers, right? Like he never, I don't think he played. Uh, I think he might've tried to walk on at a Juco or something like that. And like, you know, like even then, like, you know, again, and he's a major league hitting coach and he's like one of the best in all of baseball. Right. And then you have guys that only played at the minor leagues or you have, you know, Justin Stone, right? Like Justin Stone didn't play major league baseball. Right. And he's the hitting director for the Cubs. Right. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have all this and it's a blending of all of these uh, these pieces. And so um, social media is a crazy way to reach a lot of people um, and also too to really spread messages. And when you um, it's one of the you know most powerful marketing uh, platforms that you can use, especially right now. I was looking at, you know, again, what you've done on TikTok to this point, too. And comparatively, like we just started kind of making a push on TikTok uh, mm -hmm. of late. Um, but like TikToks and reels are like crazy right now. Like you can right. get so many views. Like we posted two videos. Uh, we posted two videos in the last like probably two months that have gone over like, you know, like 3 million views. Like that's mm -hmm. crazy. Like, you know, again, right, right, right now, um, if I post something on, even on Twitter, even though with the following I have on Twitter, like I might get, you know, a couple thousand views. I've even had videos that blew up, blew up and I got, you know, 40,000, 90,000 views. Well, now I can get 90,000 views on a reel. That's just like a random video. That's not right. even. You know, it's, it's a crazy how much reach you can get now from social media from that side. So uh, strategy standpoint, I think it's a little bit of mix. I always say like the best teachers uh, find a way to make it entertaining, right? So like when I teach and I'm doing things on social media, um, I also have this like 
you know, I'm sure you've seen it. Like I have this like fiery chippy, like, you know, I got this like chip on my shoulder. Like I always yeah, energy. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got this, I've, I'm always uh, down to debate with somebody and like, you know, go the rounds and do those things. And that's like something that's in my personality, um, you know, for good or for worse sometimes for sure. Um, but you know, with that, like um, I'm always, again, like with it, it's like, I realized more than anything on social media, uh, I realized that most fans have only seen like full swings from hitters, like hitting in a game, a double, a home run, but they don't see the whole behind the curtain. Like what all these guys do to be able to perform on TV, you know, mm. they don't just go and hit front toss and, you know, BP. And then all of a sudden they're Mike Trout, right? That's like, that's not, that's not how that works. Right. And there's, there's, there's so many things that they're working on behind the scene that deserves respect and like understanding who they are as a, like a person and like all those things that happen behind the scenes. So we try to capture, I almost say it's like, uh, I realized this last year that everybody just sees the haircut when it's done and nobody sees the haircut when you're cutting it. And so mm. like, if you were to walk in in the middle of a haircut, you'd be like, that's an ugly haircut. That's terrible. Like, why would you ever cut somebody's hair like that? And then you get to the end of the haircut. And you're like, oh, it's pretty nice. Like the guy's got a, you know, I like how that turned out. Yeah. Like, I got one today too. hundred <laughs> percent. Right. So I think that that's a big deal is like, if you ever walk in in the middle of a haircut, like I know people that don't even want to look in the mirror while they're getting their haircut because you know, they can't handle looking at themselves in the middle of a haircut. Right. And so, um, I think that's the same thing is like when we're doing swings and doing that with people, uh, we try to make that connection with, there's a lot of different things we try to hit on when it comes into like education, entertainment, um, and I think in this day and age and just in general, more people want to be entertained than they want to be educated, right? Yeah. And and education is still a big tier, but entertainment definitely will always grab the most eyes. So we do a little bit of mixture of that. And then also obviously marketing, you know, products and things like that, again, without, and like what that can do for your players and things like that. We, we put out things like that as well, but more than anything, I think we focus on entertainment and education and try to blend those the two where like when people are learning, it's like fun, you know, engaging. I, I was watching one of my videos the other day and I was sitting there watching it and going like, man, if I was a young kid and I was looking at this, like how cool this would have been when I was growing up that I could just watch somebody like this, like work through their stuff. And I had a connection like that. So I'm sure um, yeah, that helps a lot sense. of coaches too, like young coaches that maybe don't have the experience or the knowledge that you have, and they can come to a page like yours and see drills and the the thought process behind these, you know, these things that they can bring over to their practice and say, Hey guys, this, we're going to start doing this. So like the, the, you know, the span and the eyes that you have on you affects so many others, you know, like these at their practices and things like that for people who don't exactly know as much as you do. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's why we even do like, uh, we do with these like uh, hit with me sessions and we've been uploading more of them to YouTube and some of those things as well, which is like, kind of like if you were to go on YouTube right now and look up like a yoga routine, right? Like very easy to find. There's a billion on there, right? You could go do a whole yoga routine. Well, I started thinking about that, like, like a hitting routine, like, like the, the, if you're a kid and you're trying to connect this or how do I bring this over to practice? And we get those questions all the time. Like, how do I bring this over to practice? Well, I started doing like these uh, sessions where I started calling them hit with me, right? Like just hit with me. And like, let's go through a hitting session. I'm going to tell you again, this may be for you. This may not be for you, but like, see how I again, put together like a hitting plan and I might be, uh, you know, walking through. And then, so then I started having high school coaches and stuff hit me up and go, Hey, like I did your hit with me at my practice, right? Like that's what we did today. And I'm like, Oh yeah, like, cool. Like, again, I'm happy. I can do something that you could apply. And so 
um, that was more of a, you know, a, a bigger piece. Like when we try to do things and we're working on a couple different things right now, we have courses and all these other places that we, we do inside of our, uh, we have a membership platform, uh, that's called farm plus where we go inside and we show drills and we show like behind the scenes, like nuggets from when we're training players. And, uh, we have all of our courses on there and we have, um, we go into a lot of different things like presentations that I've given and all, all of that stuff's all interrupted. Then our docu-series, like everything's on there. We got another docu-series that we're going to be uh, starting here very soon. Um, again, that's an exclusive. Nobody knows that, but you like just dropping it here with you. Um, yeah. and then also, <laughs> and also, um, we're working on these other things to connect with, uh, coaches right now of being like, okay, how do I connect this to my practice? And then how do I know how to bucket my guys so I can actually make some of these changes that you're getting? Um, you know, from with your players. So we're working on some of those things right now as well. Um, and all of that, again, we're trying to build that around that membership platform um, and, you know, really, uh, you know, connect and kind of close that gap. Like I mentioned in the very beginning, I was like, I keep finding more and more ways to try to close that gap. Right. All right, Joey. Well, let everybody know where they can find you, um, your, you know, your handles, where can they, what social media can they find you if they want, if they're interested, maybe in Farm Plus, where can they yeah. sign up for that? So, so plug, plug everything you got. Cool. Yeah. Now the plugs, I appreciate it. So, um, you can follow me at, at underscore Joe Cunha. It's just my name. I'm that on, uh, Instagram, on TikTok, on, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, like, you know, we're all, all, all those places. Um, and then also to, uh, the farm system at the farm system. Um, again, just like the minor leagues in baseball, right. Uh, that's our company. Um, check us out there. We're also po always posting a ton of stuff of those nuggets and things like that, that we give away a bunch of stuff for free on social media, just a whole bunch of, um, you know, nuggets and things that people have taken. Um, and then farm plus, if you guys want to get to farm plus or docu series or any of our resources our training tools, like farm, uh, like our farm boards or our training insoles that show pressure in real time and organizations again, right now, major league organizations are get, really getting on. Um, all of that is in links in all of our bios, right? You just hit the link in the bio and it'll take you to all the things that we offer. Um, we do a bunch of fly-ins, like we have a bunch of, uh, international clients that fly in here to Vegas. We're in Las Vegas. So two blocks South of the airport, um, all these guys again, come in. We also have training clients here in Vegas that come consistently. And then we also have remote training options that we do with, you know, a, a broad array of uh, players across the country, um, and internationally. And so, uh, yeah, all of that can be found in our links in our bios and you guys can definitely uh, check that out there. Awesome. Joey, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all the insights and the stories. Um, and everybody, please go and check him out. Give him a follow. Baseball fans, you get a lot of um, good material and knowledge following him. So, Joey, thanks again. I hope uh, I hope you had a good time. And we'll definitely be watching you um, this upcoming season and uh, constantly supporting you as well. No, I love it, man. I appreciate it. Thank you again for having me on. Uh, always honored when uh, somebody asks. It's a, it's a privilege for sure. Absolutely. All right, guys, we will see you next time. Lost in the Shuffle.